Twice a month, I watch a movie with a friend and we discuss it. My guest today is probably one of the only people who loves this movie as much as I do, uh, Sam Fanning. Hey, Say hi. Hey, hey, how you doing? Oh, so what movie did we see? We just watched Scooby-Doo. Yes. Yeah, uh, the original 2002 movie, which is one of my favorites. Raja Gosnell's cinematic masterpiece. Beautiful. It's a piece of work. Piece of art. And I will warn all of you right now, I am not saying this ironically. I am not saying this for jokes. I love this movie with everything in me. I love it. It's a great movie. Uh, I grew up watching it. So I grew up with the people in the movie, watching them on TV and seeing them all in a movie together just made it even better. So this movie is the perfect blend of childhood memories. And it's yeah. Great. It's just like this like wonderful early 2000s like mishmash of just everything it's it's we were saying this during the movie but it is so 2002 it really is it it really is it's a great mix because growing up in 2002 like when you see the movie you think 2002 and then you watch it later on like now I'm 22 years old I've seen the movie thousands of times and now I'm watching I'm like wow this is seriously to still 2002 like I still think about the different things that happened in 2002 and I relate it back to this movie yeah it's one of those movies that you watch and you like it feels like a period piece it does like that somebody made about 2002 it really does yeah it's great though the music is amazing I mean Uh, we might as well just get right into it because I mean we've already started going mm -hmm. but like let's talk about the music because the music is amazing the music's iconic honestly it's it's catchy it's funny uh i was literally dancing in my seat the whole time as we were watching the movie yeah you knew like all the lyrics to the songs. <laughs> i did i did uh because growing up watching it so many times it just gets stuck in your head like you remember the rhythm you remember the the beats of the music and as i'm sitting there dancing to it i'm thinking about when i was a kid i used to sit on the couch with my sister and we used <laughs> to actually mimic the dance moves as we were sitting there yeah so it was just, it was, the music is great. It so. really is. It's so good. And yeah. I think one of the things that really stuck out to me about this movie in particular mm-hmm. was the colors. Yeah. Because I've talked about this before, but I feel like a lot of movies now in like mm-hmm. 2018, like everything is very gray. Right. This movie is so colorful. Mm-hmm. Everything is bright primary colors. Yeah. There's no really gray area. In, in the movie at all like it's all just pops of color everywhere yeah I noticed that there wasn't a lot of black either no yeah it was a lot of uh bright oranges and blues and purples and reds and it was just it's, it's a beautiful piece yeah really. everything like the, the color grading in this movie was gorgeous like mm-hmm. everything was bright and it everything popped but mm-hmm. it didn't it wasn't so bright that it like hurt your eyes you right. know what I mean like yeah. it stayed true to the like the characters had their costumes their iconic costumes and it stayed true to that. And I felt like that really, the way that they did the the, the backgrounds and everything with the, um, like, with the setting with Spooky Island and mm-hmm. the, the background characters, it really just made them 
the, the colors were very prominent. Like, they were very, like, in your face. So you could oh, tell, yeah. like, they were lead characters. But they didn't take away from anything else because everything else was just as colorful. Yeah, and I, I thought it was interesting. Like, even at the end when they're in the, the cave and they're infiltrating the cave during this big ritual at the end. And, like, all of these, like, m- people who have been possessed by monsters are, like, dancing. But all of the people are in, like, bright yellow and green and and blue orange, and orange yeah. yeah yeah it's gorgeous it really is the colors are so pretty yeah and it again more to the point it's just a funny movie it's hysterical like it's absolutely hysterical i'm surprised at how badly this movie is received by a lot of people people mm-hmm. for some reason do not like this movie yeah I'm i've like, never why? understood that yeah i mean i guess because i grew up with the movie so mm-hmm. i grew up watching it and grew up loving it yeah uh but some people really it really wasn't well received and i think it had to do something with maybe it was the cinematography maybe it was the the storyline maybe it was the characters or the costumes whatever it may be but i mean i personally love this movie so whatever someone tells me that I hate this movie, I have to make them watch the movie with me to see why I love it. Yeah, it's got a it's got a bad Rotten Tomatoes score. I just looked it up. It's got a 30% on Rotten Tomatoes and a 38 <gasps> audience score. So the audience oh, no. score is only a little better, which I've never understood the fact that people don't like this movie. Like, I think it's yeah, wonderful. It's great. I really enjoy it. I mean, it's funny. It's nostalgic. It's... I mean, it really plays on, like, the original storylines of, of Scooby-Doo. Oh, yeah, the comic for sure. strip, And it was, it really just kind of took me back to when I used to read the comics, like, in the Sunday newspaper when I was a little kid. But, you know, like, mm-hmm. it was, it's it's a really, I don't know why people hate it. I really enjoy it. I think so. that it it's interesting in what it has to say about the stereotypes that the characters represent. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially because, like, and I was thinking about Fred in particular, because... <laughs> Like, we were saying, like, during the movie that Daphne doesn't really have a personality in the original show, but, like, neither really does Fred. Right. And Fred is just kind of the leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, w- with modern versions, and you see this also in, like, the the new Scooby- the newer Scooby-Doo shows and cartoons, mm-hmm. like, you can go one of two directions with Fred. You can make him, like, an egotistical kind of pretty boy like the movie did, or you can go the way that the new cartoons do, which make him, like, well-meaning but kind of a fun, doofy idiot. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. so, like, and I, I think that it's interesting the way that the modern versions go with giving these characters a personality that they didn't really have mm-hmm. in the original. Yeah, because I think they made one a couple of years ago, didn't they, on Cartoon Network? Yeah. It was, like, the beginning one where they kind of explained how yeah. they got together. Mm-hmm. I, I watched a little bit of that, and it did kind of explain a little bit more of their personalities, so... In the modern version, like you were just talking about, I do understand, like, why the modern versions go more in-depth with the characters and giving them personalities that they didn't originally have. Like, watching this movie, I didn't see that personality at all. So it kind of conflicts with my judgment of, like, who really is Fred? Yeah, because, again, like, with the cartoon, like, the original idea I know was to have them be a a band. Mm Mm-hmm. Like a, like a rock band. Yeah, yeah. And they were going to have, like, a real band in real life that they used to promote actual music, mm-hmm. um, which didn't end up panning out. And they I think they used that concept later, Hanna-Barbera, for Josie and the Pussycats, where they were, mm-hmm. like, a band that solved mysteries. But Scooby-Doo was, like, 
supposed to be a rock band and they just decided why don't we just give them no discernible reason to be doing (laughs) anything that they do like they're just doing whatever yeah i agree i completely agree yeah i I think it's just like really funny how they play off the the stereotypes like how daphne is supposed to be the the damsel in distress Mm -hmm. and she's just like she's kicking butt in this movie she's awesome yeah she's badass in this movie um like you were saying she's uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She does all her own stunts and like oh, yeah. you can tell like she's a very strong character in this movie and a lot of the times people think of her as like the naive little girl because there are mm-hmm. some lines in the movie where she's very naive and there's one line I think you you mentioned it to me before we were watching it and she says something like that's so mean. Like Yeah they're like the monsters are coming to take over the world and she's like that's so mean. It's like what? Hello? <laughs> <laughs> that but I mean it's just it's a part of her personality I guess that we knew was there but there are moments in the movie where I find she's very childlike yeah and I did mention that during the movie like she is the damsel in stress but she's also kind of like a child yeah um in just the way that she says certain things like that line for example mm-hmm. um a or this the scene the scene in the airport where she's like I'm not talking to you guys and she does the zip up oh, her yeah. lip thing yeah that was like, a very child that's movie. really something a five year old does yeah and like giving them the silent treatment like mm-hmm. um on the plane where she like puts her hand up to the guy she's <laughs> yeah. like leave me alone I don't want to talk to anyone um <laughs> but yeah I completely agree with you on the whole personality thing yeah it's, it's very prominent in this movie that they're all very different people from oh yeah and I think that, that part part of that has to do with the fact that. This isn't just like a Scooby-Doo gang solves mysteries movie like mm-hmm. the first five minutes is and then the gang breaks up and yeah. they all go their separate ways and a year later I think they reunite. Two years I think. Two years. Yeah. They reunite and I think that that does an, like an interesting thing to their personalities because they've had two years to kind of have their own lives. Yeah they grow as individuals instead of a group. Yeah. Yeah. So they they that that sort of and in the beginning in like the opening sequence in the the factory with the Luna Ghost in the toy factory, they they do kind of fall into the old roles, mm-hmm. the old stereotypes where Daphne gets captured, Fred has a plan, Velma is annoyed at Fred for having a plan, <laughs> and Shaggy and Scooby do something goofy. Yeah. Um. And then you know they break up and come back two years later and they're like different people yeah it's really interesting actually yeah i'm actually i was actually really intrigued by velma and her development because Mm -hmm. i i was expecting her to do something with science obviously because she was always the brains of the operation Mm -hmm. but when we hear nasa i knew she was capable of it but when i first saw the movie as a kid i was like huh yeah, I know. <laughs> and, like, it never gets brought up again. It's, like, the one sequence in the airport when Per and Fred are walking to the terminal and just, they say NASA, like, two times, and then that's it. It's never brought up again. No, and then at the end of the movie, I, like, they go back to solving mysteries, I guess, so d- does she, like, quit? NASA? I was just about to say, did they quit their job? Like... I guess so Fred, funny. Fred didn't really have a job. He was writing uh, his book, Fred yeah. on Fred, The Many Faces of Me. Like, he said he was doing, like, uh, I guess he was on a book tour or something. I guess, yeah. There, well, there are those deleted scenes. Yeah. And then Daphne. Learning kung fu, I guess. She was, where was she? She was in some... She was in country. some Asian country learning yeah. kung fu. It's really funny, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. And then, of course, Shaggy and Scooby are living out of the mystery machine <laughs> on a beach, eating insane amounts of food. Yeah, and then they decide when they get caught in the van, someone knocks on the door, they just take all the food with them, and then all the food is gone by the time they walk out the door, so. Scooby, like, eats a whole (laughs) wheel of cheese. (laughs) 
He just, like, throws it in the air and (laughs) swallows it whole. But, like, would we expect anything different from Scooby? No, I guess not. I guess not. I do know some backstory on this movie, which is interesting. And I mentioned this briefly to you, but... I know this movie was supposed to be like a raunchy comedy, like a PG, thir- like a hard PG thirteen, mm-hmm. almost an R mm-hmm. comedy that was supposed to be like just a straight up parody mm-hmm. of Scooby Doo, like not a straight Scooby Doo movie at right. all. Mm-hmm. Like they were going to be making fun of it the whole time. And in the original script, like Shaggy was like a weed smoker, and Velma was a lesbian, and yeah. like, it was a lot raunchier. And you know they swore a lot more mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But then the studio was basically like, I think we want to try to market this movie to kids. Can you rewrite it to be just a regular Scooby-Doo movie and not a parody? Right. So I think that that's interesting because because it started out a lot racier than it ended up being. Mm -hmm. A lot of those racy jokes are still there. They're just toned down. Very toned down. And And I can't point out a couple. I can't speak for you, but when I was a kid, they flew right over my head and I did not get them. Completely. I think you mentioned one joke tonight where we were watching the movie and I actually didn't even realize it until you said it. And I was like, no. That's not a that's not a raunchy was, joke. Is was it? was it was it the one where the where old man Smithers at the beginning is yes, like that one? I have a girth comparable to George Clooney or something, and I'm like, <laughs> I think that was a dick joke, and you were like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it. Um, I did get the whole banana split one though. Yeah, that. the banana split. That was another dick joke. And then when they're on the plane and the girl says to Shaggy, "Oh, my name is Mary Jane," and he's like, oh, "That is my favorite name." Like, mm, <laughs> mm-hmm. is it really Shaggy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just trying to get no bear. It's so funny, and like, I, it, it almost kind of makes you wonder, like, what would this movie be like if it was aimed at adults? Like, if they'd have yeah. kept with the original idea. I think it'd be a lot more. Uh, personally, now watching it as an adult, I probably would have liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, why change the classic? But but again, like we wouldn't have grown up with it then, right? It wouldn't be centered for children. No, it was like we wouldn't have seen it as kids. And I feel like if it wasn't centered for children and it didn't have the success, supposedly, even though it didn't really have success, but like kids loved it when I oh, was yeah. growing up. Kids loved it. There probably wouldn't have been a second one. Oh, no. Because it came out in 2004, I think, mm-hmm. the second one. So, like, if it didn't have as much resonance with the youth of that time period, then it probably wouldn't have made it to the sequel. Yeah. I think this movie gets kind of an unfair rap in terms it of the, 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 the critical, um, the way that it was received by critics. Um, and I think that that's just because people got they're very attached to the tv show and the the comic and the cartoon just because it's a classic right and you know you watch i mean if if they were like adults in 2002 they were probably young kids when the tv show came out so they grew up watching the cartoon and then when the movie comes out when they're adults like it's like oh you're it's it's this it's the ghostbusters paradox like when they're like you're ruining my childhood don't remake something that i liked when i was a kid Mm -hmm. And they don't really understand what the movie's trying to do. They just kind of see it as like, well, it's a new version of a thing that I liked, therefore bad. Right. You know You know what I mean? No, I completely understand what you mean. Because they did the same thing with, they thought Full House. Yeah. A more, a more recent example was Full House when they were redoing Fuller House with the kids being in the boys' position and when they were in the late 80s and early 90s when they made the show. They thought it was going to stink because, mm-hmm. oh, they're just, you know, they're redoing something that I already love. And people thought they were going to hate it. It's a phenomenon. 
Oh yeah, people love that show. I love it. It's it's great. I watch it and you know, I think there are things that are a little bit like, oh, like, come on, like this happened in the original show. Like mm-hmm. come up with something different. But I watch that show and I'm surprised almost every episode. Mm-hmm. And like that's to that to me kind of is what happened with this movie as well. Like it got a bad rap because people were so used to what they know and they didn't want it to be redone. Mm-hmm. And but that happens whenever something gets remade. It, exactly. Yeah. Like even the Great Gatsby, for example, like People love the book. Mm-hmm. And when they made the movie in 2013 with Leonardo DiCaprio, it got a bad rap. Yeah, I know that critics didn't like that because they said it was, like, all style, no substance. Yeah. Which, like, They kind of did mix the modern with the, I guess, the 20s theme. Because, mm-hmm. like, the mu- I, I personally, watching the movie as a viewer, um, critically, I didn't like the music choices. Just because yeah. I thought it didn't really fit. With the whole theme of the movie, mm-hmm. but then again, it's was 2013 at the time, so yeah, you know, I get why they did it because they wanted to relate to audiences. Yeah, and like it's one of those things where like I always judge a movie personally on what is the movie trying to do. Did it succeed in what it was trying to do? Mm-hmm. So like this movie was not trying to Scooby Doo was not trying to be cinematic art. This movie not. is not. This movie is not a you know, a high art movie. Mm-hmm. And if you're judging it on that standard, then of course it's not going to be, you're not going to think it's great. Right, exactly. But if if you're thinking about it in terms of it being like a fun, goofy movie, mm-hmm. you're going to have a good time. Yeah. And plus, it's one of those things where also like, the cartoon is not, again, not a masterpiece. No. It's not untouchable. No. The cartoon has flaws. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I feel like this movie really does just get a bad rap. And if you're someone who doesn't like this movie, I would definitely suggest that you give it a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. With an open mind. Yeah. And believe me, if somebody watched it with me, I'd be like, nope, you're sitting down right now. We're watching this movie. <laughs> I'm going to explain to you why I love it so much. It's phenomenal. It's I love really, it. It's really great. I enjoy it. Um, the performances are hilarious. They really are. Everyone in this movie, all four of the leads, have mm-hmm. such good comedic timing, mm-hmm. and they know how to say a line in a way that makes it just hilarious. They had very good timing with this movie, you're right. It was very well planned out with the way that they said their lines, and everything was everything made me laugh, basically. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like, oh, well, this line was funny, this one wasn't. Like, everything made me laugh. Like, even Scooby-Doo's lines. Mm -hmm. Because even though the actors weren't working with, directly with the dog that was Scooby-Doo in the movie, they still managed to make it funny. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think that um, the writing is hilarious. I think that the, again, like we were saying, it's so quotable. It's really quotable. So many lines in this movie, like, are just really funny. Yeah. Just, you could say them just out of context, mm-hmm. like, and they're hilarious. Yeah, we were caught, we're catching ourselves saying them all the time when we were mm-hmm. doing the show in October. Like, we would say them just in passing yeah. with each other. we just pass each other, and we'd say a line, and we'd just laugh at each other. Yeah, the <laughs> second that I found out that you also grew up with this movie and could also recite it basically oh. like I could, we would, every time we saw each other, back when we were in a musical together, we were in Heather's, uh, the mm-hmm. musical together in October. And, like, every time we saw each other, we would, like, make some Scooby-Doo joke, and everyone would look at us like, what are you like, saying? Like, what are you guys doing? What are you doing? <laughs> it was so funny. So it became, like, a cute little inside joke with mm-hmm. us, so. And the, the second that you told me that you loved it, I was yeah. like, we need to watch it together. And then when I had this podcast, I was like, 
I know for a fact that she's going to pick this one. <laughs> when you texted me that earlier, I was like, you're a mind reader. What? Cause I, I, I was like, if she, I was like, I will be more shocked if she doesn't pick Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I was, I was really <laughs> contemplating what I wanted to pick and I was like, you know what? Let's just go for Scooby-Doo. Let's watch yeah. it. It's funny. It's a lighthearted movie. It's not too long. It's good. Um, it's good to talk about cause there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of different things that happen in this movie that are really Yeah. Good. So I thought it was I love the creature designs. I thought, yeah, the CGI was really good in this movie. Not even just the CGI itself, but the way that the creatures were designed with the long ears and the creepy, like, looking claw things. Yeah, they're, like, bony arms and their legs. It just made them look very, like, skeletal. They're huge. Yeah, they kind of remind me of, like, a goblin. Yeah, like a uh, really huge Like, you know the goblin goblin from Harry Potter, how they have the really big ears? Mm Mm-hmm. And it was that combined with, like, a giant skeleton with just skin like no yeah. bones and like you can see like like they they're almost covered in like age spots like sunspots yeah you know like they're purple and they have weird greenish eyes that glow yeah. and they're and they've got these big sharp teeth like that's mm-hmm. the stuff that nightmares are made of it really is that's something that a little kid will imagine when they think of like the boogeyman yeah. in the closet <laughs> the monsters in the closet yeah exactly like, it looks like that thing exactly and also they're massive they're huge oh yeah they're giant they're able to hold someone in their arm and just grab them around the waist mm-hmm. they're super creepy magic green their Whatever. magic green breath Ugh. dust. Yeah. Oh God, when they Nasty. when they breathe in someone's face and you just see them pass out. <laughs> yeah, it's like I wouldn't want to smell that. That's probably nasty. Oh my God, uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's just yeah. The creature designs are awesome, and yeah. the way that they move too. Oh like, yeah. They just take these big lumbering steps, and they just like you can mm-hmm. like you can almost see the ground shake when they walk. Yeah, they're very. Uh, how do I put this? They're very noticeable characters, mm-hmm. but they're also not characters that are in your face all the time. Oh, yeah. So that's kind of, like, what I appreciate. They're not in it. the movie that much. No, they're really not. But, like, I appreciated it because it wasn't just about catching that specific type of monster. It was about solving the mystery. Mm-hmm. And I liked that the monsters weren't in my face the whole time. Like, I know in the second one, the monsters are more involved in the story. But, like, this one, I really like the fact that we only see them a few times throughout the movie because it kind of keeps the element of surprise in in my head anyway. Well, yeah, because I feel, in the cartoon, it would be like there's one monster, mm-hmm. he's terrorizing the house or the amusement park or right. whatever, mm-hmm. and then they take the mask off and it's a dude. Like the beginning. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's like one monster. And in this movie, there's like an army of them. There's so many. There's mm-hmm. like 20 or 30 of them. Yeah, exactly. There's like one head monster which is obviously the villain mm-hmm. and then the army of monsters which are the big giant scary things in human bodies mm-hmm. so i thought that was actually a really interesting dynamic as well how they came up with that idea of how the monsters take over the human's body yeah i thought that was a really interesting concept well yeah because it could have just been like an army of monsters but they were like no they also possess people yeah which is creepy Mm -hmm. because there are scenes where characters get taken and the next time you see them they're acting different they've got glowing eyes Mm -hmm. they're talking strange yeah and, like, Shaggy and Scooby find Fred after Fred gets captured, and they're like, you're not Fred. <laughs> you are something else you're, in Fred's body. <laughs> you're a thing. Let's just go, let's go with that. Yeah. Uh, what really intrigued me, though, is how 
they placed each character's, I guess, possession. Mm-hmm. Um, and they did Fred and Velma at the same time. Yeah. And then Daphne, we see her get taken by that uh, Telemundo wrestler. Mm-hmm. I forget his name. Um, I don't I mean, think it matters. I, I don't think really think it matters. He's just the Telemundo wrestler. <laughs> the random wrestler in the middle of amusement park. Um, when she gets captured by him, and then to we find Shaggy just randomly pulls out her head from the protoplasm vault that, and we're like, wait a minute, when did she get taken as yeah, the monster? Y- you you looked at me and you were like, wait a minute, did she get taken when the Telemundo guy took the thing from her? And yeah. I was like, I guess so. That's why I was like, it's it's really weird how they showed how Fred and Velma got captured and taken into the cave to take their protoplasm out. And then Daphne just kind of emerged. Yeah, she as was a just monster. kind of also there. And we were like, wait, what? <laughs> How did that happen? That whole scene of them randomly switching bodies is so funny. Oh, it's hysterical. Just because, like, it's it's funny to see, like, Freddie Prince Jr.'s impression of Sarah Michelle Geller. <laughs> and like, like you see like Sarah Michelle Geller's impersonation of like Linda Cardellini, and, like, mm-hmm. everyone in the cast gets a chance to pretend to be another person. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. The way oh, that they that's, that. it's so funny. The scene where, the, the, the bit, rather, where um, Shaggy gets um, thrown into Daphne's body, and he is immediately like, oh, Daph, don't you ever eat? I <laughs> love that. It's so funny. And I love how Fred keeps the purse with him, even after he's himself. He holds oh, yeah. Daphne's purse. He's still holding her purse. <laughs> you good... said that to me. You were like, wait, he's still holding the purse. Boyfriend goals right there. Oh, God, I know. Um. Oh, God, also the bit where... I Also, I love that, and I said this during the movie, too, I love that when Velma gets possessed, they just change her shirt to be a low-cut shirt. Yeah, they changed her hair, her <laughs> she shirt. She gets flippy hair, no glasses, <laughs> low-cut shirt. Exactly. They do the same <laughs> kind of thing in the second movie, but except oh, she's going yeah. on a date in the second movie, so it's, like, different in different circumstance. But I do agree with what you said, because it is really random how they just decided, oh, well, she's a monster now. We're just going to change her entire look. She's a monster, so she, now she's sexy. And also, she has, like, eyeliner on. Yeah, I noticed that. She's a sexy and also, monster. also, Fred's look changed as well. He had, like, a pr- puka shell necklace on and the, a tank the top. The sunglasses. The aviator sunglasses. <laughs> He looked like such a douchebag. He did. I think that was the point. <laughs> yeah, I think it was too. Yeah, I loved the little detail of the fact that the monsters learn how to talk like people from this videotape mm-hmm. or something. The training video. Yeah, yeah. That like tells them that all humans talk with like ridiculous slang. So whenever you see a monster in a human's body in this movie, they always talk like, yo, yo, what's up, Homa G? Like they talk like yeah. so funny. It's bizarre. Cause I mean, I've only heard probably two people in real life that ever talk like that. <laughs> and when I saw this movie, when I was a kid, I said to myself, nobody talks like this. At, like, 13 years old when I saw this movie, nobody talks like this. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was hysterical that they included it in the movie. And, like, this is the stereotypical young adult. Yeah, because they're all all possessing college kids. Right. So it's, like, this idea of, like, this is what college kids act like. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if they did research on that or, like... Oh, they definitely didn't. I think it was intentionally (laughs) supposed to be ridiculous. Um... It's so funny, though. Yeah. And I just think, I think that's a detail. Like, it's one of those things, like, you didn't have to do that, but, like, they did, and it's hilarious. And it made the movie extra funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. 
yeah, I love the stuff, the scene in the the Haunted Castle ride, mm. which is so cool. And it reminds me a lot of the, the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. It does. Yeah. With, like, the, the ride car that goes around and, like, the creepy narrator voice. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah, I also like the knights with the... That also reminded me of the Haunted Mansion, um, which actually came but out... Like, but, like, the Haunted Mansion, but, like, ten times more it dangerous. Was like, it was, like, ten times more dangerous and ten times more creepy. Uh, yeah. Because the Haunted Mansion really... No offense, Disney, but it's really not that scary. No, and it's not supposed to be, <laughs> really I don't not. think. It's just funny. Yeah, it's funny. And, like, I think it's a really interesting uh, setting for a part of the movie because mm-hmm. it kind of does give them a clue as to what's going on. But it's also a really interesting thing to see, like, wow, like, this was an actually dangerous ride. Like, they could actually die. And well, yeah, that's the whole thing. They're like, oh, yeah, the ride got shut down because it was so dangerous, and so yeah. don't go in there. Yeah, but it also wasn't finished either. Yeah. So, like, maybe they, it would, they said, I think they said, like, they would shut it down because of a complication, or I think Velma said that in the middle of the yeah or something, but I but thought like, it was... there's, like, real axes, like, swinging around. Yeah, I'm like, oh, my God, they're actually going to kill them. Like, right, <laughs> right by where the ride cars go. Like, yeah. it's so dangerous. I'm like, I'm not surprised this ride never got finished. Yeah, it's scary. It's creepy. Creepy and scary. Mm-hmm. Plus, it's got a secret lab room with, you know, with creepy little, monster with, stuff with a scary little person. With a scary little person who runs around with black nail polish on and presses buttons and scares people. I love that guy. I love that he, we, we never find out who he is. Or... No. He just reminds me of an Oompa Loompa from Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory. Yeah, because his face is painted bright yellow. Yeah. Yeah. He also wears nail polish. Yeah. Which is, I think is adorable. Yeah, he has one conversation with the Telemundo wrestler, and then he's never seen again. <laughs> Yeah, I think there was a bunch of them, though, right? Yeah. When they all came out, it was, like, a little army of... Of, like, the dudes in, the, ye- in, the dude. ye- in yellow face paint. <laughs> little people in yellow face paint. <laughs> and red vests. And red vests. <laughs> it's so funny. That's like, awesome. everything about this movie is, like, hilarious. You can find the humor in it. Even if you're not, like, a person oh, for who, sure. who's seen the movie before. Like, if you don't find it funny, you can find something to laugh at. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that it's it's so funny in the way that it is so it really is so 2002 just like there's also a scene where there's like a boy band singing up on a stage and that guy looks like rip off justin timberlake (laughs) like his hair he has justin timberlake nsync hair yes he does with like the frosted tips yes (laughs) like his hair's all spiked up the band kind of reminded me of um either the backstreet boys or nsync but like they're like the backstreet boys nsync and like smash mouth had like a weird oh my 2002 baby i forgot about smash mouth yeah you're right it's like a it's like a mishmash of all of the most popular dude bands of 2002 (laughs) They were like, what are the kids like? What are the youths like? What are the college kids listening to these days? <laughs> NSYNC. There you go. Those kids like that Justin Timberlake. Let's make you look like him. <laughs> <laughs> this scene where he goes up to Daphne and he's like singing to her and she's like kind of into it at yeah. first. And then he pulls his sunglasses down and he's got like the scary monster eyes. And she just nopes right out of she's there. She's like, nope, I'm out. She's like, I gotta go. <laughs> she's like, I got a boyfriend. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta head out of here. I gotta go. Speaking of boyfriends, can we talk about Velma's car? cardboard cutout boyfriend (laughs) who is my favorite and i'm intentionally not calling him by his name because he has no name i i i said to sam about halfway through the movie when we were talking about how nothing this character is like i said in the original draft velma was a lesbian Mm -hmm. and i guess when they decided to make the movie more family friendly i guess that meant making her straight question mark 
I mean, I agree with so that. So they kind of wrote in a boyfriend for her to have. Quote, unquote. Quote, unquote, because he has no personality. Exactly. Yeah, like, I, I guess I understand why they made her straight in this, because no one in 2002 was going to accept a kid's show character as being gay. Mm-hmm. So, like, I get why they did it, but at the same time, they could have given this boyfriend a personality. Or a name. Or that. a name. That would have been because nice. Because I, I, I said, I said, I'm going to look him up on IMDb and find out what his name is, and I looked up this movie on IMDb, and I swear to God, you can look this up for yourself, listeners, but his he is credited as Velma's friend, and that is it. <laughs> that is it. He has no name. He has a Led Zeppelin t-shirt and a cool mustache, and he's mm-hmm. Velma's friend. You know what? He's one of my favorite characters, though. Because <laughs> he's yeah. just there. He's just there. And I feel bad for him. <laughs> I feel bad for that actor because I looked on his IMDb page. He doesn't have any other yeah, movie you credits. Me- yeah, you mentioned he has not- nothing. He's really. in, like, one other thing. Oh. Well, I hope you get work soon, dude. Let's. I love Led Zeppelin guy. Yeah. Led Zeppelin dude. Yeah. I, I always forget that it wasn't him that says nice sweater. It's the the bartender. Yeah. When they're sitting at the bar, I for some reason, I always got it in my head that he's the one who says to Velma, he's like, on the house, nice sweater. Yeah, that's what I thought, too. But it's the bartender. And I also like at the end of the movie with their interaction when he hugs Velma and says, thank you for saving me. He Like, like tries you think to go, they're gonna kiss. You t- he tries to go in for a kiss and she just friend zones him right there and, like, smacks him in the chest. Yeah, she, pu- not just smacks, she punches him. She punches him. him in the chest. Like, and, like her, she made a fist. Yeah, I was like, him. I, I was like, okay, well, that's maybe, like, an indication she's, like, not interested yeah, I, I feel like I feel like they were like, all right, we're gonna shoehorn in a quote unquote love interest, but they they're not gonna be romantic at all. Exactly, they're friends. There's a reason he's credited as Velma's friend <laughs> and not Velma's boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. And also speaking of love interest, a better written love interest is mm-hmm. uh, Shaggy's gal Mary Jane. Yes, who's played by Isla Fisher, who's the awesome. Mask. The man in the mask. The man in the mask, quote unquote. <laughs> I love I love Mary Jane. Yeah. She's awesome yeah she's a badass in this movie she's so cool and i don't know it's just nice to see shaggy get the girl yeah for once he's the hero quote unquote yeah in this movie. i know shaggy and velma in some versions like have a thing i've i've read that and like eh, i don't i don't I, really see it, it. like but i i so i like that in this he kind of has he's he's got a love interest and it's really cute like i also like that he has somebody that's not Fred, Daphne, or Velma, and yeah. or Scooby to talk to. Like, he has somebody else in mm-hmm. his life that he can turn to when things go wrong. And, like, he invests a lot in that. Like, you can tell, like, when the in the scene where they're being chased by the monsters on the ATVs and they stop in, like, the pit where the cave is. And you can see how aggressive he gets when Scooby starts barking at her. Oh, yeah. And it's just kind of like, step off. Like... I like this girl. Like, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to push her out of my life? Like, yeah, I thought that was really intriguing. To yeah, watch. and I, I like that she's the cause of the big um, middle of the second act fallout between Shaggy and Scooby Doo, because in movies like this, you always have to have some kind of tension between your two big friend characters, mm-hmm. and I feel like it was interesting that they made it about a girl. Like, that's not what you would expect Shaggy and Scooby-Doo to be fighting. Yeah. First of all, you wouldn't expect them to be fighting. At all. Because all they do is eat. All they do is eat and (laughs) run away from danger. Yeah. 
but I, I don't know. I love I love her. I think she's adorable. And I, I love her sparkly pink crop top that she has <laughs> that like ties that ties her in the middle. They were very cute in this movie. They were very beach appropriate and just very they kind of had a 70s vibe to them though. Yeah. Like this like the bell sleeves and yeah, the tie and like the, shirt. the the yellow shirt that she wore at the end that was like the string mm-hmm. or like the the kind of like woven yarn looking shirt. I like shirt. that one. Like yeah. it's all very 70s. And she wore wedges the whole yeah. time. You notice that she wore like these really big chunky wedges. I was like, "Girl, you're running in the sand. You're going to break your ankle." Yeah. <laughs> you're on a beach. You're well, on I mean, a beach Daphne resort. did the same thing with her boots. So, I at mean, least they were chunky heels, yeah. I guess, or like go-go boots. Well, aren't wedges a little more like stable? Uh, whatever. I don't know. Maybe we're getting off topic. I just here. feel like you're gonna roll your ankle. Um, yeah, either way, we we could talk about shoes for an hour. Yeah, let's do but, that. But <laughs> let's, let's have a podcast about shoes. Yeah, let's do that. Um, it it is weird to see Is- Isla Fisher blonde yes. and not redheaded because. Again, like I joked at the beginning of the movie, I was like, oh, this is before she started getting mistaken for Amy Adams. Yeah, because I remember when I, as I was growing up, the one of the first movies I saw her in besides this, I didn't put two and two together at the time, was Confessions of a Shopaholic. Oh, yeah. And she was so good in that movie. And I was like, who is this girl? And I looked up their her credits on IMDb, and I saw that she was in Scooby-Doo, and I was like, that's Mary Jean, but she's blonde. She looks so different. Yeah. And- Really, nothing changes except her hair color, but for yeah. some reason, she looks like a different person. I just didn't put two and two together at the time, and I was like, wow. Yeah, that, no, like, me neither. Makes a whole different perspective of me, of how I see Mary Jane in that movie. Yeah, she's also, like, just, she's so adorable, like, when they, when he wins her the little dismembered head, the stuffed yeah. dismembered head, <laughs> and she's like, no one's ever won me a stuffed dismembered head before. Like, she's so cute. I yeah. love that, I love their little romance. I think it's, it's adorable. Really, I think it's really cute. It lightens the movie up. It makes it, you know, a little bit more lighthearted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that it's not just about, like, Fred and Daphne's relationship and their yeah. love story, because they've been on and off, you mm-hmm. know, since the comic started. And yeah. I like that. Shaggy, like you said, Shaggy wins the girl, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I also love that, um, I love every interaction between Fred and Velma. I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Them being such two different people <laughs> trying to have conversations when they have literally nothing in common is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. I, lo- I love the one line that you mentioned, um, that makes you laugh every time. It's like, dorky chicks like you turn me on too, and she just goes. <laughs> She like looks she at him gives like him this look like what are you talking about? Yeah. He just goes, it's a compliment, and we're like, how is that a compliment? Like he he really <laughs> thinks that he's being like so nice to her by saying that. Like it's mm-hmm. hilarious. Yeah, it's hysterical. I love their dynamic though. I think it's really cute, and I like that they bicker because it kind of yeah. gives that whole like we're a team, but team members fight sometimes. And yeah, yeah. I also think it's interesting that those two are the ones that get captured in this movie. Yeah. Because it kind of gives the dynamic of like, well, Fred and Velma are the ones that do that do everything, yeah, basically. They lead and they brainstorm and Yeah, Fred and Velma are the ones that come up with the plans and know know how to do things. Whereas Shaggy is there to be funny and Daphne's there to get caught. So I think that it's interesting that in this movie Fred and Velma get caught and so then Shaggy and Daphne have to be like, Well, we can't be the useless ones right now. We gotta mm-hmm. figure something out. Yeah, exactly. I really like that whole plot twist. Like I was actually going to mention that. Um, I think it's really cool how they did that because it it kind of gives a new perspective on how people see these, like we were talking about the perspective of the characters. 
I think it's a really cool perspective on how we can see them um, as new people mm-hmm. and how they're seen as the heroes and not the damsel in distress and the comic relief and, you know, just the sidekick, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's nice to see them step up to the plate and take initiative and yeah, do what they need to do to get Fred and Velma back. Yeah. And uh, then they work together as a team. So then it- and it's it's awesome. And Shaggy in particular, like he like this is like Shaggy's movie. He like levels up in mm-hmm. this movie. And then like even even though it's like, oh well, Shaggy and Daphne have to save the day, then Daphne gets caught. Right. And so now it's up to Shaggy, who is mm-hmm. used to running away from danger, and now mm-hmm. he has to figure out what he's gonna do. Right. I thought with the protoplasm that I thought that was a really brave thing for him to do because he didn't have to do that. Oh no. He could have easily just said, you know what, screw you guys, I'm going to save Scooby. Mm-hmm. and gone to find Scooby, but he went to that vat, and he looked for those heads, and he pulled them out, and off they went. I remember also another thing that was funny that I was watching an interview with the cast, and they were saying, like, originally the protoplasm heads were going to be bald, and so they had shot it originally with them in bald caps, all of them, oh, for no. the head stuff, and, like, they all were like, no. Like, this does not work. They all look like eggs. That like, looks... it was so... They were like... It, it, it looked so weird. So then they had to reshoot all the protoplasm stuff oh with God. their hair. <laughs> yeah, that's that's actually one of my favorite scenes, is watching the protoplasm which is why he, Which is why they have, like, weird little tails, and he doesn't yeah. pick them up by their hair or anything. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, with Daphne, I just thought it was a part of her hair, but, like, when I was watching it today, I did notice it. They well, didn't the have heads a tail. have, like, weird genie tails yeah it was really weird and I was like I never actually noticed that before I just thought it was like how they were hold like how he was holding it Mm -hmm. he was like holding a part of their like their hair or their Mm -hmm. skin um but yeah I didn't even notice that until today yeah and but this scene also contains another one of my favorite lines in the movie which is when he picks out the random guy's head (laughs) and the guy's like thank you so much for saving me oh my god and Shaggy just goes uh I'm looking for my friends and just Drops him back in the jar. <laughs> it's so funny. And, like, I don't know why, but it's it's one of the funniest lines in the movie. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, oh, my God, thank you for saving me. And Shaggy just is, looks so nervous. Uh, I'm looking for my friends. <laughs> drops him back in. I do want to mention um, the character that Scrappy played, Emil Mondavarius, oh, yeah. and how... Spoilers, by the way. Sorry, guys. Spoiler alert. Again, I say this every time, but, like, I've already said that you should watch the movie. Spoiler alert. Scrappy-Doo's the villain. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie by now, like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, honestly. Um, But Scrappy-Doo's the villain, and he's amazing. He's incredible. Hilarious. I I was Scrappy-Doo for Halloween. Spoiler alert. Um, (laughs) I was great. Yeah, Sam and a bunch of uh, my other friends all dressed up as the the Scooby gang. Yeah. And you were were Scrappy. I was (laughs) Scrappy-Doo. I got to be the evil one for once. But yeah, um, no, the character Emil Mondavarius. Or as Fred calls him, what does he call him? Mononucleosis. Mr. <laughs> Mononucleosis. Such a Fred line. A line I've, ne- again, I, I never caught until now. Yeah, such a Fred line. Um, I actually really like the progression, or in this case, the digression of his character, how he starts off as the friendly amusement park owner who's like just come and help me with this he's I'm almost scared. like a, he's almost like a fun walt disney kind of guy yeah that's what it kind of reminded me of like he was like the the hotel owner or the yeah. amusement park owner that you know just he knows everyone he's mm-hmm. around his hotel he knows exactly what's happening and he genuinely seems scared and then like the digression you can see it getting creepier and creepier and creepier until we see him in his office with scooby 
and that's when you kind of see his wardrobe changes. Um, like you mentioned, he was wearing black, mm-hmm. and that's a color that we didn't see a lot in the movie. Yeah, like we mentioned before, like this movie is so colorful mm-hmm. that when a character shows up in all black, yeah. you're like, this means something. Either black or like a dark color, like when he was in the blue jacket at mm-hmm. the end of the movie. I thought that was really interesting of how he just digressed into the stereotypical evil character and it's because this movie runs on cartoon logic Mm -hmm. you know like black means it's a bad guy yeah colors mean good dark colors mean bad right like it's this is like a live action cartoon it is um notwithstanding the parts of it that are genuinely animated, the CGI mm-hmm. stuff, but just, like, everything about it is so cartoony. But I, I do love that at first you don't think any way that he would be the villain mm-hmm. because it just seems like the obvious villain who is, oh, God, I forgot his name, but the bald guy with the tattoos. Nakuto Huna. Yeah, him. Yeah. I can't say that, but yeah. him. <laughs> um, he, you, You're like, okay, he's the bad guy. He's right. in charge of the monsters. Mm-hmm. Like, You're like, they're going to stop him. Right. And then it's like, later on, you're like, wait, he's working with Mondavarius. Yeah. You're like, oh. Like, there's an inkling that he might be involved. Uh, I forget what part it is, but there's like a little inkling. I think, oh, right when they figure out, um, and they have the demon rightus when they get it from the spooky castle. Um, when he comes back uh, to the hotel and mm-hmm. he's just kind of standing there, like, uh, dumbfounded at the fact that, you know, he could be a suspect. Oh, yeah, when they're like, and also you. <laughs> yeah, and then Fred's like, uh, I'm going to go question people, but also you creep me out a little bit. And he's like, oh, well. He's like, yeah. He's like, right, okay. <laughs> I love it. And then also, like, when the monster grabs him and takes him, he's. it doesn't look like he's shocked like I know he's scared but like he it doesn't like he he looks like he was expecting it because he did back up oh yeah and I did notice that today when I was watching I never noticed it before he did back up to that spot mm-hmm. so it's like he was expecting for the monster to grab him mm-hmm. I don't know if that was just like you know a thing that he did as an actor but I think that um it's I love everything about like Rowan Atkinson's performance yes I think that he a lot of times with actors who do, uh, who are like, well-known actors, when they mm-hmm. get cast in a movie like this, like respected actors, I mean, I know he's respected for doing comedy, but mm-hmm. like it's the same thing, basically. You know, people know who he is. They mm-hmm. like him. Um, and when, usually when they get cast in kind of like a pop movie like this, like it's really easy for them to phone it in mm-hmm. and not really put in a lot into their performance. But like you could tell he was like acting the shit out of this part. Oh yeah, he loved it. He absolutely loved it. Um... I could just tell from watching him. That he was he, having a good time. And even in, like, the behind-the-scenes features, like, if any of you guys ever get the DVD... Please watch, watch the documentary that they have on it, because it it's hilarious. hysterical. You just see how much fun he's having playing The whole cast, you can tell they're yeah, having a everyone. ball. Everybody. And, like, listening to the DVD commentary, too, with all four of the the Mr. Yang actors, mm-hmm. it's hilarious you can they're they're like sharing behind the scenes stories and like Mm -hmm. you can just tell this cast had a blast making this movie yeah absolutely uh i really do enjoy this movie though because it's fun it's lighthearted. i love the cast as well like you could just see the the chemistry that they had on screen Mm -hmm. was very evident and i really liked that because when i watch a movie i like to see that the characters are not like complete like four separate characters i loved how they were all in sync with one another and that they all had their different they're different dynamics, but they also came together mm-hmm. as not just characters, but as actors. Mm-hmm. So.
so. I really like Yeah, they had... You could tell that they they that they 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 like each other. Yeah. That they they function like a team. Yeah, they genuinely get along. Yeah. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. It's just a fun movie. It's like it it's a good popcorn movie. Yeah. To just pop on if you're like have you're like hmm what am I gonna watch tonight like you're having people over like mm-hmm. watch Scooby Doo because it's funny. It's a good movie. Um and the big climactic like scene where Scrappy Doo is a big giant scrappy doo. Mm-hmm. It's literally like the ending of the little mermaid where Ursula gets huge except it's scrappy doo. You're right. And he gets huge. You're right. And I I I think that having the guts to make scrappy doo the villain of this movie is one of the best things this movie did. Yeah. Because People hate Scrappy Doo. Yeah, I mean, I personally didn't really know Scrappy Doo because I I watched the the cartoon and I had seen uh, the I read the comics when I was mm-hmm. a kid. I never really Scrappy Doo was never really a character that I remembered. He's not in the original cartoon. He's in like the oh, really? later cartoons. Yeah, the original Scooby Doo. Where are you? He's not in it. It's just the five of them. It might have been their more modern cartoon. Anyway. He's in like the I like remembering it wrong. He he showed up in like some of like the variety show stuff and like the Yogi Bear crossovers and he was in. Uh, I know way too much about Scooby Doo. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm being so pedantic. I know, please. But like, it, it is funny because he was a later edition and that's why people hate him. I think. Yeah. Again, it goes back to this like, don't ruin my childhood. He's not part of the gang type of thing. He's yeah. just kind of an add-on to mm-hmm. make things more. He's also in Thirteen Ghosts of Scooby Doo, which is underrated as hell and is I've amazing. Never seen that. I don't mean to get into this because it's <laughs> it's amazing, but it's it's Fred and Velma aren't in it. It's Shaggy, Scooby, Scrappy, Daphne, and this kid named Flim Flam. I think is the oh. little kid's name. Mm-hmm. But they accidentally open up like a Pandora box thing that mm-hmm. has thirteen ghosts in it, and they got to go hunt them down. And there's a guy named oh. Vincent Van Gool who is voiced by Vincent Price and is amazing. Wow. He's like the Mondavarius character, where oh. except he's a good guy. I'll have to watch that. He's, it's, it's from, I think, the 80s, and it's underrated as hell, and it's awesome. But whatever. Great. But, like, that's that era is where Scrappy-Doo came from, the, like, mm-hmm. the 80s cartoons. He's not in the original. Well. And that's why people hate him. Yeah, I'm sorry, viewers. I got that wrong. That's but, okay. But, yeah. Um... I'm just pedantic as hell. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Um, no, but, like, the decision to make him a villain was interesting because yeah. he's not a villain. I really liked it, actually. I thought it was a cute little plot twist. Because you see him in the flashback scene, he's all, puppy power, I want to rule the world type of thing. And I think it's cute. And he he's, pees on Daphne. He's marking his territory, according to You Fred. are marking your territory. <laughs> I love that. She's just, oh my god, he's peeing on me. <laughs> <laughs> and he stops the car short and Scrappy goes up against the window. Snacks against the windshield. Yeah. Apparently Scrappy is also as cute as a Powerpuff girl. I, a... <laughs> I I don't know if I believe that. Not at the ending he's not. He's so not creepy. At all. Not at all. Well, that's actually a line that he says at the end of the flashback scene. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm as cute as a Powerpuff girl. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna get my own show. Uh... <laughs> No. I like that there's a a Yucca Flats sign, and I like I like I like to believe that somebody out there, somebody who worked on this movie, is a Mystery Science Theater three thousand fan, and was like, I'm gonna throw in a reference to Beast of Yucca Flats just for this movie, and no one's gonna get it except like people like me. That's amazing. Um, or maybe they were just talking about an actual place named Yucca Flats. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. 
But I just thought that was funny, and I didn't notice it until this time. A lot of things about this movie, I just I didn't notice until yeah, you this... have to watch it a few times, and you have to watch it a few times consecutively to catch things. Again, if you haven't seen it since you were a kid, you're you gonna watch see it? watch this movie as an adult, and you're gonna see so many jokes that flew <laughs> over your head as yeah. a kid. We mentioned a few of them, but there are definitely a lot more in the film that we didn't mention. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a lot of jokes that fly over your head. Uh, Worth watching out for. Oh, yeah. Worth rewatching. period. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's a perfect film, honestly, for just like if you're like, going to do a movie night with your friends mm-hmm. and you want to pop a glass of wine open and pop some popcorn, pop some popcorn. drink some wine, watch Scooby-Doo. Even if you're home, it's like a perfect homesick, homesick movie too. Oh yeah. So you just get for sure. chuckle for a little bit and mm-hmm. feel a little bit better about feeling crappy. <laughs> yeah. This is just a feel good movie, honestly. Yeah. It it's just laugh. fun. Yeah. Like, I feel like so many movies are so cynical yeah. and like, even kids' movies, like, you have to have pathos and you have to deal with, like, serious issues. Yeah. Like, sometimes you can just have a movie that's fun mm-hmm. and funny. And... I feel like uh, nowadays a lot of children's movies children's movies are like that. Like, they have to have a meaning and they have to have symbolism and mm-hmm. imagery and all this other stuff. And then you get to movies that were made in, like, the early 2000s, like, when we were growing up. and They're just fun. They're fun. They're fun. They don't have to mean anything. They don't have to have a premise. They don't have to have, like, a big, giant, symbolic meaning. Yeah. They're just fun. Like I said, this this movie is not high art. No. It's a goofy kids movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. With some bonus jokes for adults that you won't (laughs) get unless you're a little The adults will get, the kids won't. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure watching this movie with my parents as a kid, I'm... um, If if you're an adult watching this movie with a kid, you're going to be like what yeah what like, why is this in there but it's but very kids it's, don't get it it's so subtly hidden that it works on two levels it, it works yeah. on the kid level and then it works on an adult level you're right and i feel like it wouldn't be the the same if and i'm almost glad that they didn't go with the like the parody racy movie yeah i kind of like this better yeah i i mean i would like to see the parody racing movie just to see it just just to know what it it. would be like exactly but i wouldn't change this movie for anything it's oh no it's one of my favorite movies ever please watch it it's on netflix it is (laughs) yeah and would i i know that we didn't watch the sequel but without getting too into it would you recommend the sequel because i haven't watched it all the way through the sequel i would recommend the sequel just because you see the favorite five characters that you've seen yeah it's a different dynamic obviously um, I'm not going to give away too many spoilers, but there is a museum involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, they go on this whole big mission to... I know Seth Green is in it. Seth Green is in it. I don't know if there are any... Alicia Seth... Silverstone is also Seth... in it. Any Seth Green, Alicia Silverstone stands in the audience <laughs> listening out, but... <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, I would definitely... If you I'm like just laughing, imagining someone being like a Seth Green stan. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like being like obsessed with Seth, Seth Green. Um, um, Seth Green, we love you. We but, love you, Seth Green. But yeah, if you have seen the first one and you like it, the second one is worth watching just to kind of get the closure for the characters because you kind of see where they go. Yeah. Um, after this movie, the first movie ends, you see where they go. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole movie itself is okay mm-hmm. um but it's worth watching it's only an hour and a half it's you know it's cute you see the 
favorite characters returning and you know you find out what happens to them in the end and it all works out so. yeah I'm I, I mean I haven't seen it but I get the feeling that it might also have benefited from it being an original screenplay mm-hmm. rather than a rewritten version of another script yeah you know what I mean I felt like the storyline was a little bit more kid-friendly uh, kid-friendly but also like it was a little bit more original yeah like they added their own twist on it because mm-hmm. like in the first movie you kind of can tell like it's it developed from the comic strip and everything like everything is kind of you know meshed together with between the comic strip and the original cartoon um but this movie the second movie is very more it's a lot more original mm-hmm. but there is like elements of the comic strip and you know yeah so it is it's worth watching if you want to take a look at it both of them are on netflix i might have to have you back on to watch the second one Absol- let's do it yes Absolutely. uh so that'll probably happen at some point in the future <laughs> so it is almost getting to the time to wrap it up Aww. so i'm gonna thank you for being on the show thank you so much for having me it was so much so much fun it was so wonderful to talk to you and this was the perfect movie perfect. to kind of vary the mood a little bit. Um, because, I don't know, I feel like like the other two movies that I've done have been kind of, you know, classic movies that are kind mm-hmm. of very serious. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to have something that's a little more fun because this isn't just a podcast about classic movies. This is mm-hmm. a podcast about all movies. Yeah. So I think this is a, an interesting way to break it up a little bit. So yeah. well, thank um, you for having me. It was so much fun. Of course. I definitely want to come back and do the second one. Yes, so. for sure. Keep a listen out, guys. Scooby-Doo 2 Monsters Unleashed. <laughs> Coming. That is the title, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Good job. <laughs> yes, I remembered it. Okay. Um, so that is it for Films with Friends. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, if you want to rate this podcast, um, five stars on iTunes and leave a review, that would be really awesome. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at tmanis, T-E-E, manis, M-A-N-E-S. And you can follow the podcast on Twitter at fwfcast. And um, on the Facebook page, Films with Friends, do you want to, like, plug your Twitter or something, Sam? Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, I don't remember my Twitter handle. I'll, I'll try and look it up. But I, I, mean, I, I can put it in the podcast description yeah, and tell description. people to follow you there. Look for the description if you want to follow me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very entertaining sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> She's funny on Twitter. <laughs> only and, only and, on Twitter. And in real life also, <laughs> as you've heard from the past 55 minutes. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that's it. Thank you guys so much again for listening, and, um, that's it for Films with Friends. Uh, thank you for coming on, Sam. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening, guys. All right, bye. Bye. Have a good day. Can I help you if I dream of you every night? Dream of you every night. Can I help you if I dream of you every night? Dream of you Can I help if I dream of you every day?